Well, I trust you guys had uh, an amazing Thanksgiving. Trust that you ate too much and rested too much and all of the things that you're supposed to do in that moment of, uh, of being able to rest. I, I love, we got to go down and hang out with my, my wife's family and, uh, and to see uh, Megan's grandmother down in uh, the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. It was a, it's an amazing uh, place and it was an amazing time, but I love her tradition. It, uh, and her tradition is this, you won't have one bite of food until you've had an opportunity to share what you f- feel grateful and thankful for. And so we just got to go around. There were just so many people getting to share what they were thankful for and thinking through that. And, uh, and, and inevitably, as you have an opportunity to reflect on what you actually feel grateful for, what often comes to the surface, what you feel most grateful for are people who have poured into you that you can be thankful for some of the things that you have. And we certainly are grateful for uh, places where we have provision in our lives. But what often comes to the surface is, and what's most meaningful is when people have spoken into your life and it's meant something to you, whether it was family or friends. Lots of us have family members who have been really special to us because of the way that they loved on us or the way that they treated us. I know that even in, uh, in my chance, you know, as we were going down, just getting to think about what it means to have family and what it means to have people who pour into you and and having that even a testimony of having been around people who wanted to pour themselves out. We love being able to do that. And in fact, as we even think about it, one of our great treasures, even in our own family, uh, as parents is to be able to just speak the life of God over our kids. And so, and that's been true of us by the grace of God. It's been true of us from the beginning, even the ways that we named our kids. We were naming our kids on purpose because of what we sensed and believed from the Holy Spirit, what he wanted to say over their lives. We hadn't even met them yet, but we believed in God's call on their life and we wanted to speak that over them. So one of the great things we we love to do is, is be able to just speak truth and to speak the word of God and speak life over our kids. We want to invest in them because we know how critical this moment is for them to be able to understand what God thinks and feels about them. And so whether they're having great days or whether they're having tough days, if they're feeling attacked by the enemy or they're feeling whatever's going on, we love being able to say, well, let's look at what God would say rather than what we might feel or rather than what the world might say. And it's become such a critical part of even how we function as a family is just to be able to do that. And we're not always perfect about it, but we endeavor with all we have to speak life and to speak over our kids. And the truth is, is we all want someone to champion us. We all love and value when someone has something life-giving to say. I don't know if you've ever been like in a, a bad work environment uh, I don't know if you've ever had bad jobs before um, and you're just trying to slog through because, right, you maybe just need the paycheck for the moment or you're trying to get through. But it, when you have like a, a bad boss, but then they just say something halfway nice, you're like, 
That's amazing. Yes, awesome. Thank you. That's great. Yeah, and you like feel, and just even in a moment, you can feel like such incredible delight just from the kindest things said, even in a, in a broken environment, because we just crave for someone to champion for us, to, for someone to care about our lives, to actually call us up into something greater than ourselves and to help us remember what is unique and special about who we are and about what we're called to do. And so that is the attitude that Paul has as he's finishing out this letter and he's opening up about these pastoral things that are deeply meaningful to him. And he's talking through these relationships that he's built and the role of those that have come to his aid and what they mean to him. And so this is truly how a good father actually speaks over our lives. This is what a good father does. And he wants to remind them that everyone who follows Jesus, everyone who follows Jesus plays a unique and meaningful role in telling God's story. Everyone has a unique and meaningful role in telling God's story. And so our lives are actually telling God's story. This is what the, our lives are actually about. And so the, the most critical thing is don't be absent from sharing God's story through our lives, from being a representation of who he is and what he wants to do. And so Paul's closing out this letter and we get to hear about these individuals who play such a vital role in his life and in the life of the church. And here's what's great is these people he's going to talk about and describe, they're not going to write one word of scripture. They're not writing books of the Bible. Many of them, uh, they're, ne they're never going to teach. They're not teachers or preachers. You're going to see some of them that are just willing to be hosts, like literally just we'll be, we're willing to host and have people in our home so we can care for people. So they're not scholars. They're not sages. They're not deeply filled with them. We don't have any insight into them. All we see is Paul's heart for them because they were willing to serve, to be a part of the story, to tell the story. And so here's the question. What is it about these people that Paul sees and what is it that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight? They're dedicating their gifts, their abilities, their talents to see God move in a unique way. They're the ones who know that there's a, they serve a God who came off of his throne to come and be among them and they wanna share what that means to them. And so Paul's gonna finish this by saying, listen, be active and be eager to live out your part of the story. Be active and be eager to live out your part of the story. And so the question is this, what does it look like to live out your part of the story? What does it look like for you to live out your part of the story? What does it look like for me to live out my part of the story? And here's what he says. He gives us a few insights into what it means to live out our part of the story. Look at verse, uh, go back to verse one. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I directed the churches of Galatia, so you are also to do on the first day of every week. So the believers, the followers of Jesus are coming together on the first day of the week, just like we are here. Each of you is to put something aside and store it up as he may prosper so that there'll be no collecting when I come. And when I arrive, I'll send those whom you accredit by letter 
to carry your gift to Jerusalem. So of all the difficulty, as the church is getting off the ground, of all the difficulty uh, that was happening in the world, the most difficult place was in Jerusalem. And there are a lot of uh, reasons and ideas for why the, the Jerusalem church was struggling. Some think that there was a famine that was going on and they didn't have any money. Some think that relationships had started to be strained from their families because they had chosen to follow Jesus. And, and so, but the church is struggling through. They don't have a lot. Uh, they don't have resource any longer. And they're trying to make it through. And Paul's coming to them and saying, hey, church in Corinth, I want you to begin to think about the impact that you can have on the lives of people that you'll never meet. There's this call to remember brothers and sisters that are far from us, but to be a people who care for new family members that we may never know. I'll say this, um, one of the greatest treasures of the entirety of my life was having been blessed to be able to travel and to see and experience other churches around the world. It's one of the greatest things. And if you haven't had a chance to do this, I'll make this. Of course, we live in a weird world in which travel feels um, insane. But I, I've sat in churches and, and I've got to, to be with people in uh, churches in Ireland and the Czech Republic and Israel and Indonesia and China, and Singapore, and India. I've been to these places, and I've sat with brothers and sisters in these churches across the earth, and very few things in all of my life have deepened my faith than getting to see people on the opposite side of this planet walk and hunger and run after Jesus. And I'll tell you, uh, what's more powerful, I remember being in China. We were smuggling Bibles into China through Hong Kong. I'm not sure if I should say that online, but anyway. Um, but that's what we were doing, and, and we got to deliver Bibles to church. M many of the ch churches in China are underground. It's illegal. Uh, there's a governmental church, but it's not a gospel preaching church. And so they have to live in a group. So we walk into a room and it's packed with people. And there's one little small aisle way. It's, it's a room probably half the size of this room. This is not a large room, it's half the size. And we go up some stairs and we walk in and we're packed in. And as soon as people fill in the rows, what they did is, under their, under their seat, they would pull out and they would fill in the aisle with just a couple more seats so they could seat as many people as possible. And we're in this room and it's standing room only. And when that pastor begins to, there's not a guitar, there's not a, there's not a har harp. I don't know why I said harp. There's not a harp. There's not a harmonica. I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what kind of instruments they would even use. There wasn't any of those kinds of things. There were just a few pieces of paper trying to give lyrics to the church. And when they began to sing at the top of their lungs, it transformed me. What they're doing is fully illegal in the country they're from. And I have to be honest, we can feel a little bit fussy about some of the things that we see in America and the ways that we don't like and ways in which the world's treating our faith. 
and we shouldn't be happy about it. But I want you to hear this. We have brothers and sisters across the globe right now who've been living under that every day. But they hunger for Jesus. He's their true only hope. They have no Republican or Democrat to put their hope in. It's beautiful. It's great, candidly. Just gonna be honest. It's just Jesus. And he's the hope and cry of their heart. And it's transformative. This is happening across the globe, getting an opportunity. And there's some amazing people that I've gotten to meet. And hear this. There are hundreds and thousands, hundreds of thousands of people we've never met before who are giving their whole lives to follow Jesus, laying it on the line to walk with him. And here what Paul's saying is, One of the ways that we as a church care for people is to become active in loving those people well. We will never meet them. We may never know their names, but we're gonna be active. Jesus' church takes an active, intentional part in caring for those that are outside of the walls. And so he says, when you come together, I want you to take a collection to think about those that are outside of here, and I want you to have an inheritance in what they're doing. Hear this. You and I get to have an inheritance in what King Jesus is doing on the other side of the earth. When we come together and we say, we're gonna care for them. One of the things that we love here as a church, our elders have held uh, in the four years that I've been here uh, is we say that 10% of everything, we have a tithe, every 10% of everything that comes into this church family goes right back out to those that we wanna partner with to see know Jesus. And we have some incredible partners uh, are, that are moving around the world. And I just want to give you just a quick uh, glimpse into some of the partnerships that we have as a church. If you want to know, and are, are we as a church having an impact in the way that Paul is talking about here? The answer is absolutely. I so, feel so thankful for a few of our partners, Caleb Global, uh, that is working to help Israel, Jewish people, see and know Jesus as their Messiah. And so they're one of our partners. They're working, they're deeply involved in, in Israel. But also all over the Middle East, and then they have uh, just recently expanded to touching the nations and creating schools and opportunities for people all across the Middle East to know Jesus. We have those that are local but outside of our church, Grace Works and Family Affair and Elijah's Heart. These are local ministries who are ministering to those that are in need. Uh, when you give here, you're giving in part to them and caring for them. Uh, we have a big heart for orphans. Want to continue to grow our heart. Uh, we're so thankful for Tennessee Kids Belong. It's a partnership that we have uh, each and every month. We're sowing into their ministry for all. This is the foster care system across the entire state, working to make sure that every child has a family or has a home. So when you give here, when we come together and we talk about tithes and offerings, when you give here, we're caring for uh, the, the, those that don't have a family. Uh, Jesse and Lauren Martin with FAI or with the Frontier Alliance International are regularly going over to the Middle East and seeing, and this is, I'm telling doors have been blown wide open in Northern Iraq among the Kurdish people. You know, I don't know if you even know this, the largest Kurdish refugee group uh, in America resides here in Nashville. Actually, it's actually the largest refugee, I think, uh, refugee uh, number of refugees, Kurdish refugees in the entire world outside of 
Kurdish uh, Iraq is here in, there's more than 10,000 here in Nashville. Been cool. We've gotten to minister with them. So, uh, but uh, FAI is doing amazing things among the Kurdish people. When you give and when we bring our tithe to the Lord here, it goes in part to support them. Uh, Restore Haiti, which has been a long-term partner for us. Restore Haiti is feeding hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of orphans, kids who do not have homes and don't have families. Uh, they're doing not only feeding now, but doing works of education uh, among kids who don't have anything in Haiti. And, and as you know, uh, Haiti went through an incredible earthquake. And uh, I guess it was maybe three or four months ago and, and um, getting to participate in covering and caring for them. And then we have artists uh, in Christian Testament, which is, our, is ACT, where there's a couple of ministers that we cover that are doing, they're raising up worship leaders in the nations, one in Japan and then one in, uh, in, um, in, in Uganda. Uh, so these are schools raised up to help train worship leaders for churches uh, in these nations. And so we feel really grateful. The reason that we just highlight these is to say this, to come and be a part of this church. We want to partner with this thing that Paul was saying here, which we're going to gather and collect, and we're going to care for those outside of here. And, uh, our, our, our budget was uh, a little over 365000 this year, so we're going to give close to $40,000 from this little video church. We're going to give more than $40,000 to those that are outside of these walls because we care and we want to have an inheritance. That the ways that we love to be championed personally when we care, when someone does that for us, we want to be a people that do that for the nations. So we have a big heart to do that. We're looking at uh, some new partners in 2022, and we'll share those with you. But we, what we do here is meaningful, and when you give here, it's meaningful. I want you, we want you to know that it's purposeful, and it's never in vain. It always has purpose. And so uh, beyond our giving and collecting uh, for those outside of the walls, we recognize this, listen, that every one of us carries passions and gifts passions and gifts. And I'm not sure who it was that said this, because it certainly wasn't me that came up with this, but your calling, your calling, I want you to hear this. Your calling in this life is found often at the intersection of your gifts and your passions. That the thing that God's got for you to accomplish and to do in this life is where your gifts intersect with the passions that God's put in your heart. And even as I look across the room, there's so many different passions and so many different gifts that are expressed here. And that's where we're meant to step into to make a difference. And so we love being able to do that. And so listen, sometimes God calls you to do something that you feel very ill-equipped to do, right? In fact, if, if, if there's one story, there's a hundred stories in the scripture of when God wants to do something unique and powerful in someone's life, he calls us to do something we feel completely uh, unable to do, but he wants to bring glory to his name through us. And so uh, I feel grateful for uh, the opportunity to begin to think as a people, even as a church, of what it means to live out our calling. And so whether it's uh, whether we're feeling called to do something that we feel really passionate about or whether we're feeling often called to do something that feels way outside of our capacity or outside of our abilities, God is granting to us as a church a heart that is ready to care for people well, to be used to serve and love people. But it has to be active. We've got to be intentional with it. It can't remain passive. And I love what he says here in verse 13. It says, I want you to be watchful and I want you to stand firm. 
This is act like men. And of course, this is written to, uh, women didn't read at this time, but the truth is, is what it's saying is be courageous. Be courageous. Be courageous men, be courageous women. Be strong and let all that you do be done in love. Let all that you do be done in love. And then I love what he says here. Uh, there's this household, Stephanus. These are the first ones to follow Jesus. He says, I want you to be subject to these and to every fellow worker and laborer. And look at verse 17. I rejoice at the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus and Achaicus because they have made up for your absence for they refreshed my spirit as well as yours, giving recognition, give recognition to such, to such people. But what he's just saying here is, listen, find what you're gifted at and passionate about and give your heart to it. Just to say, but look, God, place me. I don't want to be passive. I want to be active. I want to actively love people. I love that where he says, they refreshed my spirit as well. And he says, just give recognition to those who are willing to just refresh, be refreshing, to give of their gifts, their abilities, their time, energy, and effort. And we don't often do this. And I know it's a unique morning where we've got some families in, but I do wanna just take a moment to recognize um, some people. I think it's important for us to do that. Uh, we have some people that really give and give and give here of their time, their heart, their gifts, their talents, and it's worth recognizing. If you serve in our kids' ministry, or if you serve in our student ministry, would you guys just stand for a minute? Would you just stand up? I know it's super awkward and weird, but just stand up. Yeah, there you go. Stand up. Church, can we say thank you to them? That's awesome. Um, if you serve on our worship or our AV teams at all, if that's you guys, would you guys stand up as well? If you serve in worship or AV, would you just stand up? Just be recognized. Kevin, we see you through that glass up there. I got, you got the thumbs up up in there. Okay, glass, that's good. Uh, if you serve on our welcome or hospitality or ushers or our events coordinating team, would you guys stand? We just wanna recognize you, all of our welcome team. You guys stand up as well. That's so good. Um, what Paul would say and what the Holy Spirit would just say to you is you guys just refresh my spirit. You refresh me, and I want to thank you for serving. There's going to be thanksgivings in the days ahead where someone's going to be giving thanks for you and what you are willing to do to lay down your life, to serve, to care for people. Your names are going to be on someone else's lips as they just share about how they were ministered to by what you did. And I feel that even just as the pastor of this church and watching these families that are coming to be a part of this, who want to come and invest and see this little bitty old church here change the world, I feel deeply, deeply grateful for every way in which you serve and give. It's meaningful to me, but way more importantly, it's meaningful to the king of the universe. And you're worth celebrating and recognizing. And I wish we could do it more. And I know you don't even do it for recognition, but we'll just embarrass you every once in a while anyway and make you stand up. And we'll finish with this. Uh, he, it, Paul finishes with this, this word on community because it's important. 
It says, the churches of Asia send you greetings. And so this is Aquila and this is Priscilla. It's the same person. This is the Greek version, Prisca, but uh, this is Aquila and Priscilla. You heard about them in Acts. Um, Together with the church in their house, send you hearty greetings from the Lord. So here's what was happening. As they were gathering in the temple and just like this on the first day of the week, they would come together to worship and they'd take up a collection to care for their church and to care for those that they would never meet, for those that were in Jerusalem. But then there were those that said, no, we're gonna open up our homes because they said the, the family of God is more than just what we do when here when we show up on Sunday. The family of God are relationships built with each other. And so, yes, it's important for us to come here. It's important for us to worship and to lift our hands and to release testimony and gather uh, what's needed for God's mission here. But the most critical thing is for us not to forget that we're being made and transformed into the image of Jesus. And the most powerful way that happens is when we do that in relationship with each other. And so, Paul is just wanting to highlight these, that these guys that were willing just to just open their home and say, you guys come into our home and let's do this thing together. Um, I, I have name after name after name from the time I was 13 years old of people who invested in me. I, let me tell you, I, I loved going to youth group. I loved going to youth camp. We, had, we were part of a big church. We went to youth camp. There were hundreds of kids. We'd sing our We'd sing to the top of our lungs. And I mean, anybody, everybody, anybody ever go to church camp? Is there anything better than church camp high? That next two weeks, you're killing it. I mean, your faith is high, all right? After two weeks, struggle bus. But the next two weeks, it's amazing, right? I loved all of that. But let me tell you something. I was transformed when I just sat with a few brothers who were willing to invest in me and encourage me. We would study the Bible together. We'd speak life over each other. We'd confess sin. And I could say the names right now. I could just, uh, Pat and Mickey and David and Shane and Daniel and Bo, and I could just go on and on about people that have invested in me and we've just sat around and done that. We've opened up our homes and come together. And what I have loved about this semester even is that we've had those uh, in this church and say, we'll open up our home or we'll open up the church here and we're gonna come together and care for each other. In fact, I just wanna take a moment and just recognize you guys that are group leaders. If you have led a group this semester, would you guys just stand up real quick and just be awkwardly recognized as well? Group leaders, just stand up real fast. Go, stand up. There you go, thank you. Love it. <clears throat> You're worth being uh, recognized because there's nothing more important to us, even as a church, and that, that we're making disciples here and walking in relationships with each other and speaking life over each other and encouraging each other. And if you're not a part of this church, I want to just say this to you, or if you live out of town, go get in a church and give of your time, energy, and effort. Love on people well. Don't miss the chance to tell the story of God through what he has put in you. It, you're too, listen to me, you have too much value and worth to be on the sidelines. You have too much that God is in you by your Holy you, you might think, I don't have a lot, Pastor. Let me tell you, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have way more to give away than you could possibly imagine. 
And this, this church, and if you're, you know, wherever you, church you go back home to, it will only thrive when the people come together to love each other well and to keep calling each other up and to live in that freedom that we kept singing about over and over. To make us free, Lord. That will happen in relationships. Love, we love, I love worshiping, I love singing, I love declaring the word of God, even from this platform. But I tell you, more than anything, it's relationships. And this is what he's pointing to. It's such a critical hour for the church. But I'd say it's a critical hour for our church to be in this place where we're building relationships. So make plans to be a part of a group. If you're going, I don't know how to, how do you lead a group or what do you do? Good news. Coming January 16th. We're training on, uh, so uh, our, our groups are finishing out this semester, but we're creating brand new opportunities. All of, our, all of our groups only go semesters long. And then everybody gets a chance to re-up and decide, do I wanna keep going or do we need to do something new or do I feel called to step out? So if you're going, I, I don't have any kind of community. I've never had anybody, if you're going, I've never had anybody speaking into my life and calling me up. Let me tell you, this is this, so critical, important to be a part of one of our groups here at the church is what they're meant to be. So we do training. That's coming up. This is just to save the date. I know nobody can actually think past December 25th right now at all. I'm not asking you to do that. This is just save the date. But we're here and we're ready to build up a community of believers who make disciples and who are disciples. And so we want to build people who are free in Jesus and honest about our shortcomings and honest about our victories, honest about the mountains in front of us and the valleys that we're facing. But Let's just come together and be more free in Christ. That's the call on the church. This is what it means to be a part of the church. It's certainly more than just showing up on Sundays. You got too much in you to give away. You have too much in you to be called up. So let's be people who speak life into each other, want to, do, to be able to do that. I'm gonna ask our team to come up. We're, we'll fin- we're gonna finish out. In fact, you, you guys can put your Bibles down. Let's just stand. We're going to finish in worship. We got a few minutes and we're done together. Father, we want to just come before you and hear what you have to say about us. The most important thing about you Hear this, the most important thing about you is what God says about you. So I'm just gonna give us literally a minute and a half right now to let God through his Holy Spirit speak to each one of us. The most important thing about you is what God says about you. Would you just... Right now, ask him this question. Lord, what would you say about me in my life right now? Would you just ask him that question? I want you to let everything else melt away. And just ask him this core question. Lord Jesus, What do you say about me? What is your word?
would you just hear the meaning and purpose that God has over your life? Doesn't come from a preacher. Doesn't even come from a church family. It comes from the king of the universe, what he has to say about you. The value you possess because you've been made in his image. You've been called by his name. You've been brought into a brand new family. And you have destiny and purpose and calling on your life. Lord Jesus, we're inviting you by your spirit to tell us who we are. It's the most important thing about us. There's nothing we'll ever do, nothing we could ever say. That can trump what it means to hear your voice over our lives, what you say. So we're inviting you now. Tell us who we are. Tell us what you say. Let the Lord just wash over you. If you're here and you're hearing failure, doubt, insecurity, that's not the voice of the Father. That's the voice of the enemy. And if you're in Christ, you can just tell that voice to leave you. You have power and dominion because of the work of Jesus on the cross to remove every lie of the enemy and just to receive now what the Lord would say. I ask Holy Spirit that your voice would be clear in this moment, in this hour, and that you begin to call us up to rise up to be true worshipers. Sons and daughters of the Most High God who know who we are, are unafraid of what's in front of us because you stand victorious over our lives, who believe that you're working for our good even in the darkest tragedies and in the deepest moments. And in the grossest disappointments, God, you're working for our good. You're moving to shape us and change us and transform us, giving us new life and new vision for our lives. And we wanna ask God that you would continue to bring your truth, let it wash over us, that you'd tell us who we are and that we'd say yes to you. In fact, would you just receive what the Lord's saying? Just tell the Lord, Lord, I receive what you have to say. I'm gonna receive everything that you have to tell me, everything that you have to say about me. It's the most important thing about me, I receive it now. And I hold it and I carry it as a promise from you. And I believe, God, that you're changing and transforming even now and giving me a fresh identity. God, we thank you right now for all the work that you're doing here in this place. Would you release true and authentic worship here in this moment? We don't sit on the sidelines, God, but we begin to hear your voice and to hear your heart. We respond with a heart of affection and love. We cry out and we say, God, come and have your way. Make your truth known to us and let us walk with you. Would you grant us that, God? We're asking right now, come. King Jesus, be lifted high, the treasure of our heart. We're here for you. Let's worship together, church.